This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. I have a quick question that I want to let Pastor Randy or Tim um, do a question, but you kind of touched on it. And this is for both of you. Um, but I'll start with my dad. Um, as a daughter, I've just watched so much criticism come your way. You've gone through a lot, and you're still going. And I admire that in you. So how, how have you not let the mean things said? How have you not let, how have you not let the things that have been said about you, um, the people that loved you that have walked away and said mean things, um, the criticism, the hate, how have you not let that affect you and how are you still going 40 something years later with all that? How do you do it? Well, well baby, that's a precious question and uh, you, you, you almost cried. <laughs> I did cry. Yeah. <laughs> almost. Almost, yeah. Well, when Dateline NBC attacked me viciously, I was on uh, TBN uh, doing behind the scenes by myself, and the phone rang, and a pastor said to me, how is it possible that you can sit on television in a because I just told him I'd be doing behind the scenes on my own. How can you sit there uh, when tonight they'll destroy you? NBC will destroy you. I said, you know, there's a beautiful scripture in the book of Acts. If this work be of God, you can't fight it. And he said, well, how can he be so peaceful? Because I know this work is of God. There's nothing they can do. And baby, it's just been so where I lean on the scriptures that you know with everything inside of you that God has called you. What can man do then? Nothing. So I've been, I've been attacked by uh, the news media more than once. I've been attacked by preachers uh, more than once. It doesn't affect me. I mean, you know, I will be honest that for a short time it hurts. And then you just go on. You, you, you can't allow it to affect you. And... and when I spent and when I spend still time with the Lord, it's absolute peace in my soul. If I don't, that's when the trouble comes. Wow. So when NBC came at me, I just went to the Lord and I did exactly what I was talking about last night. I, I ministered to him. I spent time with him. I was totally at peace when others thought I would come down. I will never forget one guy uh, named Larry in, in our, uh, on our staff uh, telling me that by the, the week later there'll be no church there. I said, what are you talking about? 
I said, who do you believe here? Well, Pastor Benny, you know, they're going to come up with all this news. I said, there's nothing I can do to stop them. Let them do what they want to do. I'm still here for one reason. I know whom I have believed. It's that simple. Because it's the Lord who calls us. And the same with Michael. A true call can never be destroyed by devils or men. Impossible. The only way ministries are destroyed is when that person walks away from Jesus. The only way. When they give up and walk away from the Lord. That's when they're ruined. It's over then. Do you want to answer that too? Oh, wow. Yeah, so this is just kind of become, I'd say, in the last two years, a part of my experience uh, directly to me before it was my relationship with your dad. So, You mean the pain of it or moving on? Yeah, how do you keep the faith? How do you mm. keep focused on what you're supposed to do and not let all that distract you? Yeah, time with Jesus. That's simple. That's the only... Uh, that's all it is. Yeah. yeah. I've found that uh, there's a place in the Lord that's, you know, Jesus said, think of this language, I am the bread of God. One passage says, who came down. Another says, who comes down. He's constantly available before our hearts, wanting to be feasted on. And the moment I begin, like the song Upper Room wrote, this is how I fight my battles. It's that the, the battle is won at the table. And so the Lord says this, that even though we're surrounded with enemies, though they camp around us, what, what's on God's mind in Psalm 23? This feast. That he would prepare a table for us in what? In the presence of our enemies. So I would submit to you humbly, I'm completely open to correction, but I've found in my life, no matter what I face, God has one thing on his mind, us being together. It's like he won't change the subject. And so I come to that table knowing that Jesus is there, and he's always there, he's, he's right there, as the bread of God who fulfills your soul and when people don't know you and especially people who you, you will want to know you because you're doing your best to, to make people feel valued and yet at the same time there's 24 hours in a day and you have your family and you have this, this desire to share Jesus with the world and so man sees you in a light that you don't feel like you are. Yet even in that, the Lord says, you, I'm not even going to let you defend yourself. You have to be led to this slaughter silent. And you'll find me there in the pain of this moment. And I'll become this food for you that 
almost makes you, almost, not completely, but you become invincible to the devil in those moments and he has to come back at a more opportune time. It's like when the disciples were being beaten on the temple steps and they said, oh, we've been counted worthy to suffer for the Lord. So I have one prescription for me, for every issue. If I'm doing well, I need to be with Jesus. If I'm doing bad, I need to be with Jesus. I feel like I'm a better dad if I'm with Jesus. I feel like I'm, when I'm preaching, it's not time to be a preacher. It's just time to be with Jesus in front of people. And then at some point, the people disappear, and Jesus becomes really real. And that's, that's the criteria that Jesus uses to entrust us with the people. So this whole thing is about spending time with him and loving him. And Saul. Am I wrong? No. Yeah. Pastor Randy, um, who is my pastor, and I'm, I'm blessed that, uh, that he's spoken into my life in, in so many ways. You, you've had an um, opportunity to hire your um, sons in the ministry. And so you, like Pastor Randy said, there are times when, when that dynamic is a little different. You want to just share briefly about how, what your experience has been? Sure. Love to. Um, just generally kind of tying it in with our whole theme, there, there is a price. But let me tell you, the price not to follow God is so much greater. And the reward in Him uh, is amazing. Uh, I have to pinch myself right now because my whole family serves and works. We work together. So one moment I got the dad hat on, the next moment I got the boss hat on the next moment I've got the have fun adventure hat with them and they're wonderful my my kids are wonderful in that way and really I don't really see much difference in my own children my other spiritual children we're all it's just all amazing I see pastor Chris Clemens sitting over here he's like a son to me pastor Tim here is like a, a son to me and so it's, it's just doing life with people. You want to do life with people. That my family is a part of that is one of the most amazing things. But I have to tell you, we didn't do it. We didn't try to make, well, I didn't even try to make it happen. I never one time, or my wife one time said, you're going to do this, you're going to be in ministry. We just wanted them to be what Jesus wanted them to be. And yeah. we always wanted to live a life in front of them that reflected Jesus at home and wherever we were. And one of the things we made sure to do with our kids is that they had adventure serving God. And we, one of the things we say is serving God is fun. Yes, there is, there's attack. We all know that. But, I want to, but serving Jesus is the greatest life there is on the face of the earth. Yeah. And so our kids just showed up. And then we saw the divine hand of God. My oldest son and his wife are exactly alike. They're very outgoing. They're very pastorly. They're very fun. And, they're, and so they married similar. And they're, they're amazing pastors. And I see the gifts of God operating in them to protect a church. So I didn't do this. I Actually, I don't hire people. If they're not sent and ordained and administrated by the Holy Spirit, 
not going to happen. It had, the, you know, people say, well, where did you get those people? <laughs> Just pray. Be in the will of God, and he's going to begin to send people to be developed and walk with you. And uh, I can't remember. I don't think we've ever gone out and looked for somebody. Uh, so, you know, then my, my middle son married. It's actually brothers married to sisters, which is exciting. But they're exactly alike. And they run all of the international. And it's their life. They're, they're, the nations is in them. That's what they do. And then my youngest son, John, we don't know what's going to happen with him. But... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Poor Johnny. Yeah, he's, he's special. He's, he's, he's a... He, no, what I, what I mean he's by that, special. he's a friend of Jesus. And so, like Lucy and I were... We were resting yesterday afternoon. And we, I had my arm around her. And we were listening to the... To the word from Michael Miller about the house and I said to her I said you know yeah there's a cost to walk with God but oh the beauty when you endure and you go through that I said I said to her you know if we hadn't follow God where would we be? Who would my kids be married to? Where would my kids be? Where, what would they be doing? I wouldn't have the grandchildren I have. I wouldn't know you. I wouldn't have the spiritual sons and daughters. I wouldn't, the churches around the world. My wife might be blind right now. You know, the, all of these things that is so the goodness of God. Uh, so... I don't know if that helps. We just wanted them to be what God wanted them to be and, and cheer for them. And they showed up and basically wouldn't leave. And uh, <laughs> they, just, they just wouldn't leave. And so I, I think that's just so precious. And then, you know, what, what they're saying about as a family, you have to learn the rhythm of the inner life in walking with God and the, the you know Jesus um, Jesus in Psalm 16 it's David's mictum but it's really prophetic about the life of Jesus and there were three things that he stewarded that that was that defined him number one was the the father's the father's desire and I think that simplifies life for us, Michael, is it, it, if we just come to the place where our life is to answer the Father's desire. doesn't matter if people notice us, don't notice us big. Is, it, is my life, every breath, an answer? I say it like this some of the time. Is my life an answer to God's prayer? I want to be an answer to it. Secondly, Jesus rested in his father's voice he stood he honored the voice of god whenever god speaks that's it Mm. just rest in it and then thirdly he treasured the presence it was the presence of god was the treasure and he rested in that and i think just stewarding those things honoring those things 
You know, lastly, Jesus said, you live, don't live for honor that comes from men. That's going to be a rough road. Don't live for honor. Honor, honor the presence, honor the word, honor the desire of the father, honor him and he can reward you like nobody. And I think we sell out too cheap. I think we sell out for what men can give. And if we'll just hold out and say, no, 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 you can't, you can't. You, I don't want repay from you. I don't want what you have. I want what only my father can do. And he can put together a family. He can put together a life. He can put together beauty that I didn't plan all this. I wasn't smart enough. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know to even try. It's just the grace of God. Wow. I'd, I'd like to say something real quick. So when I, I have three kids, 12, 9, and 6. And so, of course, we have these dreams, what they'll be and who they'll be. But I think um, the moment I had them, I felt this responsibility as a dad to expose them to the presence of the Lord. So that's really costly. That actually takes sacrifice. And that has to go beyond my meetings. So, for instance, we're in Bethel right now. I live in Orlando. It costs a lot of money, a lot of money. And sometimes it freaks Jesse out. It's like, oh my God, look what we're spending. And, and I'm not telling you to be reckless with money. I am telling you to invest on all fronts in your children to expose them. So my son Theo comes home from school. He's in like math class. And he comes home and says, I got my first word of knowledge today. I said, what was it? And he said, a lady's last name. I said, no way. He goes, then I got eight or nine in a row, dates and names. I thought, man, lay hands on me, you know. <laughs> At that time, it was, yeah, 10 or 11. And um, little Benny got filled with the Holy Spirit a month ago. The week that we went back for a few months, and yeah. I was complaining about the cost. So his teacher, like his math teacher, is holding him up while he's falling under the power of God, telling him how to f- just be free. And then he starts speaking in tongues while he's in class. So... The moment I had children, I had to stop living for myself, and at least at a certain level, and start saying, okay, there's legacy here, and I've got to invest in it. And, you know, the presence of God recalibrates. It's like tunes the piano, so get them there, and um, let God determine their calling. You know, yeah. Pastor Benny, we... We've been talking about family and, of course, the nucleus of the family is the husband and wife and the whole body of Christ. Husband and wife marriage. Yeah. The body of Christ watched you go through such an agonizing time a few years ago and come on the other side of that with such victory. And those of us that were praying for you and your family um, are so grateful to see how God has just brought wholeness there. What are some challenges for couples in ministry that you could speak to? That's a big question. Well, first of all, each situation is different. My situation, my wife and I have always been in love very much. To this day, we are deeply in love. And uh, Suzanne came from a very famous Christian family 
very powerful. Her father used to play piano for Smith Wigglesworth, British. And uh, <clears throat> her father began Charisma Magazine. Steve Strang was one of the kids in church. Her daddy was the pastor of the largest Assemblies of God Church in America called Calvary Assembly Orlando, Florida. So when we married, <clears throat> the Lord was in it in a very powerful way and a beautiful beginning. And her dad, who was the greatest Bible teacher I ever heard in my life, uh, imagine uh, someone who uh, grew up under Smith's Will Wigglesworth ministry and <clears throat> his own father traveled with Smith. And his knowledge of the Bible was just amazing. We would all sit and cry listening to him minister the word. And in 1981... He left the church uh, because of some uh, problem with women. And when he left the church, it was a very tragic experience for the family. Now, I began uh, in ministry in 74 traveling to many churches in the United States. And I met Roy in uh, 78 in Singapore. He and I became friends. And then uh, he and I decided I would marry his daughter before he even told her. And she came home from Evangel College and her father informed her <laughs> that she will marry me. It was an instant love affair, of course. And uh, like I said, a, an amazing beginning. But, but let me go back. I want to I wanna just finish this because it's important. Uh, when he left the church in, in, in 81, <clears throat> that's when the troubles began. Uh, because of the way he was treated by Christians. Some Christians can be the meanest people on earth. And rather than forgiving him and helping him, this amazing man, they condemned him. And uh, I don't want to say a whole lot more. I should not because I really don't want to. But uh, Suzanne uh, and the family began to experience a lot of pain. Uh, so much so her brother was found dead in his apartment. Her two sisters left the faith because of the way they saw her father treated. They were not even allowed to attend church. And uh, Roy, her dad, came to me one day and he said, uh, why don't you start a church in Orlando? I said, I don't want to. I said, I'm an evangelist. And he talked to me for a long time about doing a church. And God was truly in it. 
And when we started in 83, uh, we started PACT at the Youth uh, for Christ Building in Orlando. We, we grew from uh, zero to 10,000 in two years. We began church uh, March. By December, we were building our sanctuary in construction. And uh, then uh, Suzanne uh, asked me to hire her dad, which was a mistake because his problem continued, and I had to fire him. It's not easy to talk about. I hired him a second time because of my wife and fired him again. Well, the result was, you can imagine the pain in her, because I could not allow a man on my staff that had that problem. As great as he was of a Bible teacher, but then he repented, broke down, God forgave him. We all have forgiven him, and he died a few years ago in peace and purity. He would weep, wept and cried for years after that. He had a great impact on Michael's life, on Jessica's life. We would all sit and ask him Bible questions, and he from memory would give us chapter and verse. Incredible life, even though, sadly, he had a struggle because he was molested when he was a little boy by his aunt. You should not have asked me that question. No, we need it. We need this. And then Suzanne, uh, as a result of the pain, uh, began to take pills mentally to help her with her emotions. And uh, amazingly, she did not, did not die because the, she took so much of them. Uh, it's amazing she survived. Uh, she took more of these pills than that uh, lady who died. Uh, what was her name again? Whitney Houston. And, uh, and that's what caused our, our, our divorce. The divorce wasn't caused because Sue and I had a problem with our relationship. Nothing like that, never. The problem was Suzanne was no longer the Suzanne I married because of the drugs. They were mind-altering drugs. And she made a decision to go to the Berry Fort Clinic, and they cleaned her up completely, and I regained my wife. And uh, our love never died for each other. I adore that woman to this day. And uh, we remarried in 2013. Uh, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was reminding me, see? In 2013. Just <laughs> trying to help you. Thank you, you thank you. Uh, but but our, our, our uh, experience is unique uh, that God restored us. But he restored us because the divorce was caused by pain that none of us were really uh, responsible for. We didn't, uh, were not the ones that caused it all. It just affected us. 
And ministry is a very dangerous place. Uh, but uh, I've, I've known many who've been divorced, who are not remarried or married someone else. Many of them are successful in ministry. Others are not. But I would say this. I think the problem is uh, we are too influenced by the world rather than the Word of God. Wow. Because the Lord uh, makes it very clear on who to marry, who to choose. I've learned a lot, and I've told people, don't marry anyone before you know your call. Find your call before you find your wife or your husband. Because when you find your call first, make sure she fits the call or he fits the call. If God calls you as a Lady, make sure who you marry fits the call, not the other way around. Because if you marry them first before the call, you're going to have problems after the call. Be very careful with that. And never marry anyone if you hate their family. (laughs) Never. That's a big problem. I don't like your mother. Well, you better not marry if you don't like the mother. Why? Because, she, because that's just the way it is. Because oh. do they turn out like their mothers? Not always. Uh. I used to say they turn out like their mother, but I don't believe that no more. That's not really true at all. No, it's not true. It's not true. I, I didn't not. hear you. I'm telling you one more time, it's not true. I never heard what you said the first time. (laughs) Shall I pray for your healing? Yes, do it. Um, I used to say that a girl becomes like a mother. Louder. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But it's not true, baby. It's not true. It's what the Lord does in that girl that matters. Yeah. If the Lord doesn't, she will become like her mother. <laughs> okay. That's if God doesn't intervene, they become like their mother. And all the husbands Good or bad, it doesn't huh? matter. But if God intervenes, they become just like the Lord, not their mother. Uh, <laughs> but I want to say one more thing about divorce because I think it's important for these people. Oh, A lot of them are young. Pray for me. <laughs> this is great. He asked me the question. I, he should not have asked, but he did. Do not divorce. Don't divorce. Because it's painful and destructive to children and family. So my advice is, is quite simple to those who are still single. Do what Queen Elizabeth told her children to do. You know what she said to them? When Charles married and he divorced Diana and then Andrew married and he, he uh, divorced whatever her name was, the 
the redheaded girl. Then, then she told the next one, she said, you will, you will court for five years before you marry. Because it's been discovered by studies, it takes that long to get to know the lady. What about the, the lady, guy? Not the, not man, the guy, right? The lady. The, lady? <laughs> the guys figured out in the first because two months. Women, the guys we women, wow. women are harder to discover right than men. I, this is really that's happening. That's probably all a true ladies, statement. All the ladies said... Amen. Wait, what did you say? What was the last thing? I said? said it's... Look, look. It's easy to discover what's inside a man. It's what? very hard to discover yes. what's inside a lady. Men just feed because, them and what Because else? when God made you, we were asleep. Oh. <laughs> I don't even have a comeback for that. We don't know what God, we don't know what God put inside of you. Remember, when God made the woman, the man was sleeping. He didn't know what God did with her. Okay, so we're going to turn this around and go back spiritual. Um, I kind of like where it's at, I have to say. All the ladies said... <laughs> so it, takes, it takes five years, they say now, to get to know what a girl is like. I cannot wait to read the comments on the Facebook live feed. I cannot wait to read the comments that we're going to get for that. Um, I'm, oh, I'm, man. I'm, I'm done talking about it. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> I don't even know where to go from there. So we, we, we have to wrap it up. We've got probably five to ten more minutes left. So if we can go a little spiritual, I'm going to try to go that way. Um, for both of you, this is a two-part question oh, for great. both of you um, that we all could receive from. Dad, you're obviously a father. You're not even in the mode now. You're, like, you're just like having fun, right? He's, He's giving me that I look. Teeter totter. Answering the questions you people ask me. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, <laughs> as a father and Michael as a son, pretend that you had one last conversation that you could have with Michael. That's spiritual. And Michael, if you could. What I said was very spiritual. That was, I know. Oh, it, was, it was. It was amazing. Adam and Eve. Huh? It was Bible. About Adam and Eve, you bet. Yeah. Yep, yep. Sorry. So if you, <laughs> if he should just be a marriage counselor. If this see, doesn't work, see, right? Like, it, yeah. I want to say something. God gave Adam. Where it, hold, 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 hold. God gave Adam the position, and he gave his wife the influence, and influence is more powerful than position. Because God said, don't eat it. And she said, eat. He said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and all the ladies said, yes. <laughs> You're going to pick up some new women partners no, 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 for that no, one. Yeah. Okay, now, now, I'm, now I'm done. Okay. For now, I'm done. So, okay, so to wrap it up before we're done, I wanted to ask you both this question. If, what would I tell him? If you could speak to him as a father and Michael, um, you to him as a son. If you had just what you are believing for, for him, how he can finish his life strong, and dad, what you're believing for him as a son that you want him to learn from you, what would you tell Michael? If you could just give him any advice in the world, what would it be? 
I told Michael already this, but I'll repeat it. The secret to longevity in ministry and in the Lord, especially in the Lord, is number one, build a reservoir of God's word in your life. Because troubles will come, and when troubles come, you'll know where to go to. Make sure it's inside of you. And Michael knows that 40% of pastors and preachers in this country have not read the whole Bible. That's a fact. I've, I've had a show of hands in my own meetings. 80% of Christians have not read the whole Bible. That's also a fact. If I should ask here how many of you have not read the whole Bible, I'll probably shock you all. So you have to know the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. And read that Bible at least three times a year. So what? Three times a year. And it is easily done. Very easily done. I do it. Why, why can't you? So, you have to know the word. You have to. And what I told Michael is, the word of God is about one person. Right. His name is Jesus. He already asked me that question. I'm just repeating it. I said, number two, the word will cause you to cling to the Son of God. By the word, only by what he said, God said, can we get close to his son? Because otherwise we have no, no uh, foundation, no, uh, no strength. And number three, never leave your anointing. Never walk away from your call. And Michael asked me that question. You may remember this has been a few years. He said, why? I said, because outside your anointing, is leprosy. Sin. The anointing protects from leprosy. And leprosy is sin in the Bible. When King Uzziah walked out of his anointing, he became a leper. When Saul walked away from his anointing, he was rejected. So there's a call on his life. That is his protection. So if God called you to be in the healing ministry, don't go somewhere else and do something different. Stay in it. Because in that circle, there's protection. And it all begins with the word. And I'm, that's what I pray for him. I love him deep, deeply. And he knows that. And, and I want Michael to know the word of God better than any man on the planet. Because that's the secret to his future, your future, and my grandbaby's future. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Oh, that's good, huh? I had a pastor work with me of a big church. And we went, I took him with me to Patmos, Greece. And I was teaching the book of Revelation outside the cave 
where Paul, uh, where John had the vision. And uh, after about the third or fourth program, I got tired of being the only one who was teaching. So I looked at him and said, listen, I paid your way first class. I paid your hotel. You need to work. <laughs> so you need to talk back to me. You don't just sit there and stare at me the whole time. I did four programs. And the man said, not a word. The fifth program, I said, now it's time for you to give me some feedback. He looks and said, I know nothing about the book of Revelation. So what? He said, I've never read it. I said, what are you doing being a pastor? <laughs> that man had 5,000 people in his church. I said, what other books have you not read? I have this on camera. Jeff Pittman recorded the whole thing. We still have it. I said, what other books have you not read? He said, well, I've read Genesis and I've read parts of Exodus. And I have not read Leviticus yet. And I've read parts of, I still remember everybody said, and I've read parts of Numbers and I did read Deuteronomy. And then he went on to tell me how many books he had read fully. I said, you're in danger of destruction. I said, what do you preach then? He said, I preach what I read in books. I said, what? Oh, come on, Pastor Benny, word for word. Come on, Pastor Benny, you're dealing with God's agenda for the ages. I have to deal with my people's troubles. I said, what do you mean? What well, he said, my people have all these troubles and I have to find answers. I said, the answers are in the Bible. Not in some books you buy at the store. Yeah. And then I warned him, I said, if you don't know the word, the enemy will destroy you one day. He went to New York, overdosed on drugs, and died. Very famous guy, I won't even mention his name, it's not right. And we know that from his wife, that he overdosed. Because he used to do drugs before he got saved. Without the word, the devils came right back. So it's the word, guys. It's the word. It's the word that will keep you. Nowhere else to go but the word of God. Get to know your Bibles. Amen. Get to know the word. And that's what I tell Michael. That's what I want for him. Because the word will keep him close to Jesus. And the word will keep him under his anointing. That's all there is to it. Give me a five. Okay. <laughs> wow. That's it. So, uh, that was I good. want to hear what Michael has I to say. I do I. So. Is this the last thing I would this ever is, tell him? This is the last, and this is also our last uh, question because of time. So, like, he's yeah. going to heaven. And he's, he's, yeah, like, it's, okay. he's towards the end of his life. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I've, I've got to tell you something funny. When I was in the hospital, they put me under the... the <laughs> What do you call that? Sedation. Yeah. When I came out of my uh, sedation, I was giving him every chapter in the book of Genesis. And singing hymns, going into the machines that were scanning his heart. He was out reciting chapters and singing. He didn't even know he was doing it. It was amazing. Because when the word is in you, it's in you.
Give me a five. A five. There you go. And I, made him, and I also made him laugh when I came out of my... Yeah, let's not go there. Can I say something That's funny real quick? Pardon? When he was going down to his procedure... He Go, was going, being, what, going to your procedure in the hospital when they took you from the ICU to oh, go yeah, get yeah. one of the CAT scans or something. He goes, wait, wait, wait. Get me my sunglasses so nobody will recognize me. I said, if you put those things on, everybody's going to look at you like you're crazy. Give me back those sunglasses right now. It's a little fancy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was just so funny. It was, it was so... Oh, we had so many laughs, actually, at that time. everything about me. That was a cat. Was, it was a Catholic hospital, and he was... Under sedation. Under sedation, yeah. he was going, are you Catholic? Are you ca- I know are, the Pope. I know the Pope. I know the Pope. He's my good friend. Have you heard of me? <laughs> I'm Benny Hinn. He goes... Yeah, it, it was like... He goes, uh, you know, you know all the, I have friends who are natural doctors, and they think you're all crazy. They all think you're crazy. Yeah. yeah. You were saying, I mean, I almost wouldn't put my hand over your mouth well, at one point. It was on funny, that yeah. thing. I didn't know what I was saying because I was under that whatever. You're very funny in general, but under sedation, you're a comedian. It was the funniest was thing. I needed to laugh. You were so funny. Yeah. But, um, yes, Michael. It, Wait, yeah. one second. Before yeah. you, because you're going to kind of wrap it up. But there was one thing that I wanted to ask Are you. Are you talking to me? To you, you, Pastor Benny, right? There's one thing, that's going to segue into what Michael's going to close out with. He's a son of yours in the spirit. Right. He's running the race with you. What part of his inheritance from you spiritually will he not, do you believe that he will not receive until you go to be with Jesus? I believe with all of my heart that when I go home, God will impart more to Michael. And here's why. Because an office is never vacant. Never vacant. The office has to be filled. There's no vacancies in the kingdom of God, you know. So when Moses went to heaven, Joshua took the office. The same office. And God is the one who ordains who gets into that office. And I have no doubt in my mind now that Michael will receive way more when I go. Yeah, absolutely. Because God has touched our hearts are so one. He knows, the world knows I love him so dearly. But it's not about just loving him. It's about the oneness we have in the spirit. Because Michael, when, when he calls me about a question he has and such things, uh, I was, we were um, talking about a few weeks ago about the Lord when he rose from the dead. And as Tim was driving me in the car, I'm talking to Michael, and then when he hit the car, and the revelations that came out of my mouth about Mary Magdalene to answer the question. And Michael was blessed, and I was more blessed than he was as we're talking. But the, we've had many such experiences where the Lord just 
moved into our conversation, you know. So it's not about just son-in-law. It's about oneness in spirit. And that is what assures me that when the Lord takes me home, something additional is going to happen. And we don't know what that is, but it's very biblical too. And I'm so proud of him. I love him. Yeah, there are certain experiences I have that I know he's the only one who can put context and language to it. Like the other day I called you about one and yeah I, I would say I'm just echoing and bouncing off that I know I have to go but there are certain uh, when 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 he talks it plays the strings of my heart it's like okay this is this is this is me like this is I don't know how to explain it like a stream is a very weak word because it's used so loosely yeah. uh if we, what we used to do is drive down PCH and just listen to Miss Kuhlman and we'd come alive. And uh, so there are certain reserved holy encounters or questions that I know there's no one on the earth and I feel like God surrounded me with the greats, like today's greats. I mean, and it's just the favor of the Lord. I didn't earn it. And they can help me with so much, but the, the high, deep, hidden realms that are taking place inside of me when Bub talks, uh, he's the only one I can go to. I, I can go to Jess, and usually her answer is, you need to call my dad <laughs> for certain things. They're like, I mean, the other day I called him, and I said, look, I've got to know what's going on with these experiences, because if I don't, there are experiences so deep in the Lord that if you don't get truth founded in the scriptures, they'll, they'll mess you. I mean, not mess you up is a bad word, but you don't know what to do with them. And so he's been that voice to me. Yeah. What would you then say to him? How okay, would you want so I'm there finish? at his bed and he's going to heaven. You're going to pick the, the mall, scene, whatever. I'm just saying. <laughs> You're waiting for your uh, in- increased inheritance at this yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'd say thank you, and I would, you know. i tell you what I want you to pray for, though. Well, first I'd say I need a building and $13 million. Can you help with that? <laughs> and I'd get that out of the way, tickle your ear. And then I, I would, I'd ask for, I'd, 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 I'd get on your lap and... Uh, Tickle your ear. <laughs> then I'll give and you I'd, half of I'd, my kingdom. I'd move. I'd move your crystallized hair to the side. And I would, I would uh, tickle your ear and say, "I need thirteen million dollars." No, I would say, I, I'd say, uh, "I love you and thank you." And I mean, how do you? What can you say to someone who leads you to, to the Lord? But what would you want What would want I want for, for him? him right now? I know what he wants. I would want him... Uh, I would want a, him to buy us a building. And then I... Uh, I would... Well, I'm saying this. Brother Copeland told me to believe for it three times a day, Kelly. So that's where I'm going. So... Uh, I want... I want Bub to... I feel like... 
there are a few things regarding Jesus' image that are going to determine the quality of its destiny. Obviously, one is spending time with Jesus. Two is our family. Three is faithfulness to the word, obviously, not in any specific order. But lastly, I know in my heart the way I handle him, the way I honor him, the way I treat him, that will have a major influence on what I and our movement walks into. So I handle him lightly, and I know when, when it's us messing around, and I know when he steps into his office like he did last night. And so I don't think I've ever told you that, but I'm well aware of one thing in this regard that a whole lot will depend on for all of us how I um, tangibly honor uh, my father-in-law. So in saying that, I feel like it's part of our destiny as a movement to reintroduce him to a generation. And I'm glad, glad to step away in these settings, even though we're believing for the money and the faith and putting it on. It's a pleasure for me to take a step back and say, this is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So, in, to wrap it up, I want him to go out shining with such glory. Please, Lord. Please. And I want him to, to... I want the simplicity of 74 That's what I want. to become the simplicity of this, latter, this last portion of this race. I want... I want um, I want the deep realms of God to be his. I want the love of Jesus to burn in him so brightly. And it already is, but I want more for him. And, and I, want, um, I want our generation to know the real Benny who sat with Upper Room last night for two hours and gave his heart away in a little office. All of us packed in there. I, Number one, I want him to love Jesus more than he could ever imagine. Number two, I want, I want people to, to love him and know who he really is. Yeah. And I have a prayer request. <laughs> and I have a prayer for request for all of you. You're going to ask me for money? No. Well. <laughs> Seriously, here's my prayer request. That I would love my master more than anything in life. That at my last breath, with my last breath, I would worship him. Yeah. I want to die preaching. I don't want to die in some home waiting to die. <clears throat> I want to die on the platform. Wow. I do. I've all, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, take me home while I'm preaching. Um, huh? No, I, I, I want to go, go home preaching the gospel. And I want to go home with loving him more than I've ever loved him. And, and the... And the Next 20 years of my life, I want to accomplish more than I have in the last 43 years. Really, I mean that. I mean that. 
Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.